Michelle Porticelli is an energy powerhouse and loves the gospel. Join us today as we discuss her new book, You Will Be Found, How Heavenly Father Knows You and Answers Your Prayers Individually. Michelle is an entrepreneur, counselor, TEDx speaker, and play therapist. She's an instructor for BYU High School Independent Study and has spoken at Education Week and especially for youth. A graduate of BYU, she currently works as an elementary school counselor where she feels like, well, Mrs. Claus every day. Now, here's Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you so much, Richard. My pleasure to be here. Well, I'm a pleasure to meet you. And uh, I've read through your book and um, it's a very unusual book and you, you, you really tell good stories. And I, I like that. Um, your book is titled, You Will Be Found, How Heavenly Father Knows You and Answers Prayers Individually. And um, as I look through the book, I'm always looking to see how long a book is for readers. And uh, it's not a very long book. It's, That's um, probably because my attention span's not long, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> and I know people just want you to get to the point, feel the spirit, and let's move. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well you, you, you did a good job on that. Um, but um, I, I, it's interesting how it's set up. And I, I just want to discuss that a little bit. I'm looking at the table of the contents. And uh, chapter one is a story about you and a black widow spider and i'll yep. let the i'll let the um the public they can get the book and find out what happened to that poor black widow spider but uh chapter two it says he is mindful of our struggles and obviously that's heavenly father and then you you tell a story and then you have what's called the in-between yes. what is that in-between meant to do so the in-between is meant to connect the story to an application to your life and then transition to a scripture story and a gospel concept. Because a lot of times I think we read books and read and hear stories and they're fabulous, but how do we apply them? As an educator, it's one thing to just know a concept, but it's another to know how to apply it to your life. The why and the how is huge. I think once people in the gospel know how to apply these principles to their lives or concepts are like parables, right? testimonies are going to grow it's more valuable to them and they see that it's worth their time and effort so that in between you should say this is what this all means to you okay now you have a story here uh, about a student uh that well he was going through depression and he really thought about ending his life and um and again i don't want to give all the stories away because we want the people to read the book <laughs> Right. Read the book. <laughs> Read the book. But um, I, I have highlighted here, um, uh, you were praying uh, that he wouldn't do the act he was going to do and everything. But I underlined, he said, um, is Heavenly Father going to listen to the, the, and he was a teenager, the teenager are going to listen to me and my prayers. But I like what you said. He doesn't love, he doesn't love either one best but rather answers our prayers individually. And I find that that's quite often the theme that runs through your book. Well, thank you. You get it. Yes. That was part of the 
theme was. <laughs> okay. And then the next page has the in-between, connecting current events to gospel stories and principles. And so I think that that is um, really great. And I love this photograph of your father and how he, the, the story of your father and... Um, um, uh, I'm looking down here. Thought I had a highlight. What page is that picture on of my dad? And I'll turn to it and I'll show people. Oh, right here. I found it. It is page 21. Okay. Yep. So what we're just referring to is it's a picture of my mom and dad. This was taken the new, well, I don't know if it was New Year's Eve or close to it before he passed April of that following year. And my dad had Parkinson's disease. So he shuffled when he walked and he whispered when he talked and he had never read the book of Mormon all the way through. And so my mommy, how cute she is, my little Swedish mom, all five foot, nothing. She might be five, two, but you know, we'll say she's five foot. That sounds more fun. And she decided that it was time to read the Book of Mormon. So if you can see this picture here, it says, I have read the Book of Mormon. It's like a little child's coloring picture. <laughs> and you color in each chapter that you read, right? Yep. Well, she did that with my dad. And because he had that speech problem with the Parkinson's, my mom would read it out loud to him while he listened. And then they would color in each square together. Mm. And then so this is them celebrating completing the Book of Mormon. I just thought that was just the cutest little picture. And I was just so proud of them just saying, I have read the Book of Mormon. I yes. thought that was well, that. I think it speaks testimony, but you know, he just yes. had never really done that. Well, I think it speaks highly of your mother. Oh, yes. yes. She is a saint. She yeah. just celebrated her 90th birthday this last oh, year. Oh, my goodness. 90 years old. a huge party. She's so full of spunk. And I haven't written about her a lot in this book, maybe my next book. But I'll be honest, she prays a lot that she can just pass on. She's like, sometimes I'll see my sister Arva and I'm like, just take me, just take me. <laughs> and she keeps coming back. I'm like, mom, I don't know if it's that you need to learn something or we do because she's a saint and she just keeps bouncing back. Cancer after cancer, wow. sickness after sickness. She's wow. had a stroke. She just keeps coming back. She just can't stay down. Wow. She's she's a ball of fire. I, I adore her. Well, your father made uh, model planes. He loved flying. He did. And um, you tell a story there about, uh, well, the plane crashed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm highlighting here, this is on page 26. The story okay. remind the story, and you tell about Noah, first of all. And then said, yes. that story of Noah reminds me when I felt my father's gentle hand on my back. And I could have continued my sobbing and yelling that hope, all hope was lost. But I trusted my father and knew he was a skilled craftsman. And I knew he was capable of doing what he said he could do. And then you tie all of that in with Heavenly Father and how he looks with us. Yes. And how he has that gentle hand with us and guides us and says it's, it's okay. We can pick up these pieces we can go from here. Um, yeah, it's all about that trust and that redemption, right? So, yes, yeah, absolutely. Nice. And all these stories you tell, um, unless I miss something, uh, are either per personal or um, interactions you've had with others through your schooling, or actually there's one about primary, if I remember correct. Primary uh, so story. I have been, I'm not in primary now. I, oh, Richard, I'll have to tell you about my new calling in a minute. It's just going to blow everyone's mind because it blew mine. 
I've been in primary for about 30 years. And so I've always taught or I've been the chorister. But I will tell you, it's the most fun. <laughs> primary is the most fun. And that's where I learned a lot of these stories and how to apply the gospel simply and how to teach the gospel simply. I think sometimes we overthink it um, and it's meant to be enjoyed and applicable to our lives and not to complicate things. And so I do love being in primary. So many fun things with those kids because I feel like, um, you know, if we could all be more like little children with trusting and loving and forgiving, the world would be a much happier place. But I do want to tell you about the stories. I just need to put a little disclaimer in. So this book is nonfiction, but it's also mixed with fiction. And I have had to do that because I need to change the names, sometimes locations and details to protect some people. Like you said, sometimes it's my student or whatever. So sometimes I'll, I'll change where they've lived, their name, the school they went to, whatever, um, because I feel like that's their story. If they want people to know it's exactly about them, they'll let people know. So there is actually one story in here that's about a dear friend of mine. And it's my last story in the book. And it's it's a story that's going to rock people's world. If you make it to the end of the book, most people start reading a book and then they put it down. Finish the book. It's not that long. It's like 120 pages, maybe 130. It's an easy read. But get to that last story. And um, it's quite an amazing story. It's, it's something related to my daughter who's on a mission in, in if I tell you the location, you're going to know because I changed the location in the book. Anyway, on her mission and somebody she knew who ended up living by me and really falling and falling and falling. And the way we found each other was a miracle. And that person actually, you know, ended up going through the temple, serving in a state calling. And um, she told me, she goes, you could use my name. We're good. But I kind of said to her, I said, here's the deal. You still have a child at home. And it might not be fair to everyone that we reveal all this. I'll say, but you can let people know this is about you. But I change the name, location, and some of the details. Um, and I just do that to kind of protect people, um, if that makes sense. So I just want people to know, like, if they're like, I worked with you. And that student's name was blah, 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 not David or whatever. That's the reason. We want to protect a few people in here. Um, so that's kind of my disclaimer there. Okay, now. Back to where I said before, you're going to die with my new calling here. You can see me. I'm a primary teacher. I work with elementary kids. That's my personality. I have energy. I'm blunt. I'm fun. I was just called to be totally out of my element. Stake Release Society president. Oh, wow. That was my reaction to I cried at the state president's office. I'm like, I think you've got the wrong person. And he just says, you know what? We need to do things differently. He says, you are the right one. And that really kind of struck me. We need to do things differently. And so it reminds me of a quote that says, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And so when we have these souls right now that I'm sure you have seen this too. So a lot are falling away. And not just falling a little bit, they're falling far. They're like, we're leaving the gospel or whatever. Like they have to make it a huge announcement out of it. But the reality is we do need to do things differently to let people know they do belong. Heavenly Father wants all of us to belong. He is mindful of them. 
And he does answer prayers individually. And a lot of people, maybe they're leaving over hurt feelings or whatever they think they found on the internet by whatever expert, proclaimed expert, right? But it really comes down to having that testimony, that relationship with Christ. The Book of Mormon is true, folks. I just, I cannot believe people that leave that Book of Mormon. It has never been disproved. There's there's so much proof and evidence in that Book of Mormon that there is no way Joseph Smith could have translated this on his own with his level of education, the different linguistics that are in the Book of Mormon, the way they word things. And it was just, it just, it really is a book of miracles. And that's where my testimony resides because I'm, I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a balanced left brain, right brain thinker. I'm very logical, but creative at the same time. The Book of Mormon makes sense to me. It's logical, but it's also very spiritual and intuitive to our lives. And so I really tried in this book to bring a lot of Book of Mormon stories. I did intertwine a lot of Bible stories too. Like you said, you brought up Noah and things like that. And, and I did like Jonah and the well. But I tried to do that balance. So if perchance there was somebody who wasn't a member, they could still identify and relate. Because I have a lot of non-member friends that I'm still sending this book to them. <laughs> and I expect them to read it and report what they think. And so far, I was like, you know what? This is pretty neat. It's not like it's going to change their life forever. That's up to them. But it's an insight of saying, you know what? The gospel is sweet. And don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the Lord. And don't give up on the church. Yeah, that's the whole bottom line here. And yeah, with these absolutely. stories, yeah, are very tender. Anyway, so now you asked and you've got a 20 minute answer. What's your next well, question? Well, you, you <laughs> mentioned the last chapter, and I think that's chapter 11. Is that your last chapter? Oh, the lucky number. That would I have be to good. look at the contents again yeah. here. But I'm looking at no more mis mischances. Yep, that's chapter 11. And I'm telling you, um, Yep, that's it. Okay, that's that's the story. Yeah, I have this. I have this highlighted and going. Boy, there is a lot in this story. Yes, and, and this person we've gone to dinner before. After I, she invited me to her temple endowment because it was during COVID. You can only invite twelve people. It is just. I wasn't able to serve a proselyte mission. And so that story was, oh, I'm going to cry on your podcast. Here we go. <laughs> but it just, it was one of those. I was like, okay, this is it. I had to be at the right place at the right time. Yep. And so did my daughter on her mission. And so did the person in the story. And um, you cannot tell me there's not a God after reading that story. There yep. are too many there's just no chance it was all coincidence. None. Yes. Everything was in a pattern. It was all patterned to happen that way. Yes. And it's a true miracle. And yeah. that person, yeah. E there is e a, even uh, though you wanted to stay at home in your comfy clothes and and not and not oh, go out. Oh, you read that part. Am I the <laughs> only one who comes home from church and then changes their clothes? They're like, off, oh, put on the sweats and slippers. But then I learned my lesson. I'm like, okay, I can... Well, see, on, on Sundays, you should just you should just stay dressed for church. I used to do the same thing. And then there's a conference talk, and it goes back 10, 12 years, or maybe more, that they talked about that the Sabbath doesn't end after church, and that adult, an adult should stay in their church clothes. And of course, the children, depending upon their age, could obviously get into something else because they'll destroy what they're wearing. Um, but that they encouraged us to to stay. So when church is over, I stay with my tie and shirt on and everything. Wow. And I wait until the evening and 
time for bed and uh, I take it off. But um, well, Richard, that's why uh, you were called into the, the first presidency's office is because you are a saint. Richard, <laughs> a saint. That's well, first of all, I wasn't called in the first presidency <laughs> office. I was okay. I was called by somebody in the priesthood family department. So okay. no, that, that, Richard, the saint. First presidency doesn't even know I exist. So. But I do now. <laughs> <laughs> and and, I, and uh, you know, when something, the church announces something or something changes, I go, President Nelson didn't call me. I think he lost my phone number. <laughs> or or we go to the different temples. We, I'm retired. My wife's retired. So we can do things that most people can't. We can go to the temple two or three times a week and, and uh, go to different temples and things and but um, I have to say, I've never said this on air before, but some temples like the Mount Temp Temple, the lockers, I'm only about five, six in height. And the lockers, I can put my baggage on the top. I go to Saratoga Springs or others, and I cannot put my bag on the top because it is so high up. So I have to use, oh. I have to use two lockers. Oh, and, and, and so I, I judge my temples by their lockers. <laughs> that's, that's awesome and you know what it tells me someone really tall design those i've been in different homes and sometimes the counters are so high i'm like was this person seven five like who designed that yeah i don't know <laughs> and the, and the problem with the tall lockers and, and i can't reach the top is they have a shelf that i cannot see so if i put my wallet or something on the top I don't yeah, know if I'm leaving it. something behind or what. <laughs> so anyway, oh, people yeah. ask how what how I like different temples, and I go, it depends upon the locker and the parking. Other than <laughs> that, I don't care which temple because the the covenants are in there are true. So that's right. I see. I look at all the flowers as I go. I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. Everything's so beautiful. The church is true. You know. Yes. I, and I always notice. And the Mount Temp uh, or the uh, Saratoga Springs Temple, we were just there yesterday. That staircase is just beautiful. The marble work yeah, is just absolutely it, it is just we, absolutely yeah, we beautiful. Yeah, we did Saratoga Springs open house, and we just got back from St. George Temple open house. Oh, it's amazing, Richard. You would love it. It has. It's really kind of. It's, it kept true to kind of like the Zion feel down there. I mean, like the park feel, but also has like really. Um, vintage type feel to it the different chandeliers that all matched and the different carpet it's very colorful which mm. surprised me sometimes temples are a little more yeah. you know white and tan this one full of color wow. and i love it it's like this is so awesome and then i know that the orm temple one of my friends gail holdman she helped design the stained glass and she put um the cherry blossoms in it so there's yes. like lots of rope. I'm like, wow, I think it's going to be very appealing to a lot of people. It's kind of fun. Yes, Holman fun. is very talented. His first name is? What? Her name's Gail. I don't know her husband's name. Oh, okay. And I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, but he's, he's very talented. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, the other thing, I guess, with me in temples is I usually don't go to the open houses. People ask why, and I said, because I have a recommend. I can get in any time I want. And um, now, if I've got grandchildren to take, usually my wife takes them, or if I've got some non-members I can take, then that's a whole different story. But um, oh, so yeah. I usually don't go to the open houses. I, I don't like to stand in line. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. but, they, but you know what? There's something they do at open houses. They put little footies on your shoes. And yes. you, there's people there, and they do it for you. You yes. feel like, oh. 
this is really cool, like a spa day. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it I is. Love that. It is. Come on. <laughs> well, getting back to your book, because what you're talking about in the book, actually, if if one hears the messages and reads the scriptures, and and you're not real heavy on the scriptures there, um, it's, you're not. It's not like five pages of scriptures, which is neither good or bad. I'm just pointing out that you're light on the scriptures, but you read the book, it can lead you to the temple because it tells you that you're there as an individual and there's hope for you. Regardless, you give so many different situations where some people would just want to give up hope. And yet, if they just hang in there, uh, Heavenly yes, Father absolutely. does does act, does hear our prayers. I think you have a really good good point there that in this book, we, we just, I've kept it light for a reason. It is meant for maybe somebody who is wandering and I need to be able to keep their attention. You've got to realize I'm an educator. So I, I know you've got to keep things short, simple, and sweet. Mm -hmm. If you give them too much, then sometimes it's kind of like a talk that goes too long and you're with them, you're with them, you're with them. And then all of a sudden they you lose them, you lose them, you lose them, right? Yes. Um, too much of a good thing is still too much. And so I try to get that balance. Like, here's some scriptures. Now, how do you apply it? And I don't want to spoon feed them everything. I want them to do a little bit of the work. Mm -hmm. So I do the story, the in-between, and then a scripture story. Every chapter, that's my pattern. It's predictable for people. It's easy to read. Um, it's meant for somebody who you don't have to be a huge intellectual to read the book right? Probably maybe ages 12 and above. Youth can read this book and be like, she gets me. She gets mm -hmm. where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. That was the whole point is that everyone can read this. You don't even have to be a member. and You can still understand the concepts in the book. You can relate to the scriptures. A lot of them are familiar and some, like I, I love the story of Abish. A lot of people didn't know that one. That's one of my favorites. And it's just kind of like, okay, are you like these people in the scriptures? Yes. A lot of people didn't know about Jonah constantly hiding from the Lord, <laughs> yeah. thinking he could do that. Like, that's kind of funny to me, thinking you can hide from the Lord. The Lord keeps finding him, <laughs> you know, and... And he wishes ill on his enemies. And he thought that that was going to be his reward. He's like, you really think the Lord's going to reward you with ill on your enemies? And, and then realizing that he had been serving his enemies and leading them to Christ. And he had to learn forgiveness. Yes. And it's yes. kind of a neat story. And I think the book, it's not meant to do this, but I think the book you can almost open up at any page for lunch, for example, and read something and get something from it. I love that. That means we're going to have to do lunch sometime. Yes, and I think it. I think it, it would be good on a coffee table. I don't know in the church. Do we have coffee tables? Anyway, it yeah, would. We could, we could <laughs> call side tables, whatever. But we know. So, but know. anyway, it's that 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 table that sits in front of the the the, the couch, it, it, it's a good book for people to just put there because someone can pick <laughs> it up, and and start getting things from it. Yeah. So. Thank you. Well, it, it, it's a great book. We encourage people to, uh, that it's available on uh, Amazon. It's available through uh, Cedar Fort, their website. And any other places, is it available? It's at Desert Book. Oh, Desert it's Books. Okay, Desert yes. Book. Um, if they have any left, it's like sold out. Just kidding. They just, I think they only ordered like maybe 10 per store. Yeah. So you'd have to ask them. I, I actually did a little Desert Book tour in the summer to go sign my books. And they had put my book, 
on some weird shelf. And I'm like, get those off that shelf and put them in the new releases. And they did for me. They did it. They were so kind. Mm. Like people need to know it exists. How can they buy it when it's hidden? Anyway, yeah. so it's a digital book of all places. Target also picked it up online. I don't think it's in their stores. I never thought Target would pick up a book about Jesus. <laughs> they did it. I'm proud of them. So you might well find online. And I think, I'm not sure Barnes & Noble has it online. They may not. Okay. We'll see. All right. Um, and it's available uh, digitally. Yes. And yes. it's also audio. There's an audio. Uh, audio. Book okay. And uh, er voice, every book still. I read, in fact, as Cedar Fort sent me, as I said uh, in our pre um podcast here that um, Cedar Fort sends me your final draft. So I have that here all in digital form. That's the only way I read so I can copy and paste into Ooh. the gospel library. That's Oh, that's, nice. Yeah, so. There's one thing to let you know, Richard, like if people have made it this far on the podcast, they deserve to know this. So there is going to be a huge conference produced by Cedar Fort Publishing and Media on April 20th, 2024. It's going to be in Provo at the Experience Event Center. I am going to be speaking at it. With Richard will get you next time. I'm hoping we'll do this conference more than once. But we do have a lot of speakers, and they're going to have a bookstore there. Their goal is to sell a lot of books. So my book will be there. I'll be talking about it a little bit. But we've got like Elaine Dalton. We've got Tad Callister coming to speak. Um, Gail, Galen Condi, Al Caraway, and some musical numbers like Jenny Oaks Baker. It's going to be a big deal. So, Richard, you should come. I'll comp you some tickets for doing the podcast. Okay, I would love to do that. that. I would love to do I that. I think it'll be, well, it's going to be nice. And we're trying to help promote some books. And that was going to be the launch for my book. But we had some complications last year. So the book mm. is kind of going to be promoted a little bit later than planned. But we're going for it still. Yeah, so, you mentioned uh, Deseret Books, my book. It was hidden somewhere in a store. And, and like you yeah. said, they only order about, 10 or 12 of in each location. So uh, people would say, I went to Deseret and it was sold out. And I said, see, I told you that this book That's is right. see, it, it's, it's going to be on the New York Times list pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> you can't find it anywhere. It's that good. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for your time. It's a great book. I, I hope that uh, people listening to us here are going to get that book and order it or listen to it or read it in whatever form they want. But it is a great book and want to encourage people to do that. And I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Richard. So, awesome. you, so you have a great evening. You too. We'll see you. Michelle's books are available on cedarfort.com, Deseret Books, and of course, on Amazon. Your support means the world to us, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to give it a thumbs up and share your uplifting comments. By doing so, you'll help others discover this podcast and join our growing community of listeners.